0: At our church, Jesus is Lord. That single belief calls us together as a community and sends us into our world with hope and purpose. At our church, your past will never define your future. There's always redemption, which means there's always a brighter day. At our church, we don't think we're better than any other church out there. We're just doing our best to become our best. At our church, we want you to believe in God, but we also want you to know that God believes in you. We are not against people who don't attend church anywhere. Instead, we pursue them with love, the very same love that's pursuing us. At our church, we're learning to serve God with all our hearts, and we're learning to worship Him with all our lives. And if you're looking for the perfect church, we're not it. At our church, we will make mistakes, but we will choose to grow from them.
1: Welcome to Crystal Beach Community Church where you find real people with real problems serving a real God. Well, we thank each and every one of you for during the cold, windy, windy weather and coming out this morning after bad rain and everything last night. uh, We were glad you're here. If this is the first time you've been to Crystal Beach Community Church, you'll notice we do not pass out an offering plate but if God puts it on your heart to give, we now have two ways you can do that. One, at the white box in the back, you can drop it in that white box or in front of you on the back of a seat is a QR, a little tag. You you, uh, I had to have a lot of training by Kay on this, but you cut your camera on, and but you don't take the picture. You just hold it up there and it'll instruct you how to do that. So uh, while you're at the... Uh, the back of the box back there, if you wouldn't mind putting your name, address, email address down so we can keep up with you here at Crystal Beach Community Church. And if you have a prayer need, we have a prayer minister ministry where if you have someone uh, that needs prayer, family, neighbor, stranger, anyone, put that name down and uh, it will go on a monthly email distribution and hundreds of people will pray till they get. Healed. Any praise reports? Yeah, we. Our sister's here. To, uh, well, my sister-in-law, her K okay, sister uh, Donna. So we're glad she came in to visit with us this weekend. Okay, okay. I'll get into announcements then. If there's no praise reports, Miss um, Bible study. We're going to take off for the holidays, and we'll resume back on Thursday, January the 6th, and the youth will do the same, and they'll go back on January the 5th, and high school is not going to quit. They're going to keep meeting right on through, so right through the holidays. Uh, Fairling, singing on the ferry today, right after church. Go load up on the um, trolley, and we'll ride down to the ferry and get on the ferry and ride over, singing Christmas carols all the way over and back. We've done this many times before. It's a it's a lot of fun. Uh, AA meets on Monday, Thursday, and Saturday, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. here at the church. And Al-Anon meets on Sunday evenings at 5 p.m. And I think... Uh, that's it, I have some other announcements. Uh, if you are going to donate your time, food, or whatever, this coming Saturday, Christmas Day, please bring your food between 9 and 11, and we will be serving between 12 p.m. and 2 p.m. It's a big deal. We've done it every year. It gets bigger and bigger for anybody that wants to come and have Christmas dinner with us here at the church. If you have any questions about it, please see Mitzi after church, and she's kind of heading that up, and uh, all the foods. We have a ton of food coming. There's going to be a lot of people, maybe 200-plus people or more, that will get a free Christmas meal here on Christmas.
2: I hope you're here today because you want to be here, and you're not just checking the box for... your Christmas church service. And because being here is so much more than that, I'm here for one reason today, or I wouldn't be here. I'm here for one reason, and that's to tell you that our Lord loves you so much. That's why we get dressed and come here and to tell you that God loves you so very much. He loves you right where you are. I pray that you have an encounter with him like no other times. I had a word for a young man this morning. Just power, power of God. I'm well aware for many of you that this is a very hard time of year. I had to be careful writing this sermon because my family is so sad. I just didn't want to be like Debbie Downer with all this sad. But so I said, Jimmy, I. I preach what I feel and I feel ugh, so very sad inside even though I smile but but then I said, Could you name like, can we like go through the list of people at church and 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 just we all know, Jimmy and I know your history, most of you and what you've been through and so we started naming names and going through most of your names and your lives. We realized that there was probably about ninety percent of you. That today is a day that makes you feel a little bit lonelier than normal. If you're missing someone that's past, Christmas makes it seem like even more sadder, you know? If you feel lonely, Christmas kind of makes you feel a little bit more lonely. I, I get it. But I'm here to tell you today that it's possible to be sad and thankful at the same time. It's possible to be sad, lonely, hurt, and very thankful all at the same time. I wish, like I was praying, I wish the commercial, I can't even watch TV this way. I don't even know if we, yeah, last night we watched some, oh, yeah. Thank you, Mark Ivey. That gum. Lord, what did you make us do like six hours yesterday? We we watched high school football finals Like I was so interested in that. But um, you're welcome, Mark Ivey. I wish the commercials told the truth, but every holiday commercial does not tell the truth. We are not watching a fire and see stockings hanging up and singing and wearing Christmas clothes and sipping on hot chocolate with a huge family. It's not like that. Christmas is hard in many ways, and for some, it's the day you look forward to and you have an opportunity to be with family, and if that's you, I'm happy for you. I I truly am. It sounds sarcastic, but I'm happy for you. This time of year brings all kinds of emotions out, and many of us today know that the Christmas story, it's religious, it's predictable, and I don't do either one of those, so we'll go right into it. No, we didn't forget praise and worship today. We're saving the best to the last. It was anything but religious and predictable to the original off audience when Jesus was born. The first-century Jewish people thought the Messiah would be born not as a baby. They just thought he was just going to come as this major king and and wealth in a palace and safe and secure and surrounded by holy men and scribes of Israel and make such a difference. He was going to come in on some big horse and, and everything was going to be wonderful. They were waiting for this. They've read in the word, but they just forgot the part in Isaiah and Mike, all the different places, Daniel, that he would come as a baby. They were looking for someone to win the war. He would be a superhero that, like Molly says, I've come to save the day. They were looking for a superhero. Instead, the Messiah is born in a manger surrounded by animals and uh, and shepherds. The scribes of holy men of Israel pay baby Jesus no attention when it was born. When he was born, I mean, there there didn't cause a big ruckus in a little town like Bethlehem of about 1,200 people or so. A pregnant girl about 14 years old coming to town. And nobody, she, she didn't go on the radar, I tell you that. Because they had no idea that the king of the universe would be born in a day. God knew that, and that's why he sent an angel, in some cases a host of angels. What, what's with this hair today? Jeez, anybody got, hold on, I think I have a store of bobby pins in here, because y'all, y'all put things, weird things up here for me. No. I cleaned this up because I'm OCD, so that's good. Anyway, God knew that he sent an angel, in some cases a host of angels, to make sure, double sure that they knew that this was the biggest event of all times. Jesus' life fits the pattern of his birth as you read it. The Messiah was expected to be supported by the English religious establishment. Instead, they just fought it, and they, it was a big power struggle. I see you, sister. That's what sisters do. I see you going through your purse. She thinks of stuff before I even think. As Jesus grows up, oh, never, never mind. Hey, you're a hero. Thank you. I always am prepared for this. Why, why do I even wear my hair like this? I fight it every week. So God, as revealed in the Christmas story, is a God who dives in our hot mess, unafraid and relentless, pursuing us. His holiness does not keep us away from us. It makes him be able to come to us. Emmanuel, he's with us, with us. If there's any doubt for you, the Christmas story should settle it as easily at you because it's easy to understand about God's love. God is beautifully anti-religious. He's anti-religious and breaks down all the walls and boundaries that keeps us from him. He graciously meets us where we are to call us into relationship with him forever. What does it mean that God can be like us? When all these years I've been preaching that we were to be like him, Christ-like, Christians. I say that over and over and over. But today, is it possible for God to be like us? Oh, well, yeah. Let me tell you why. Because he came as a baby. First, we know that he understands what we go through. in every day, every part of our life, he didn't come as some superhero. And he came as a baby. He understands us. You see... He came to share in the very same way that we endure because he wept like we weep. He saw death take those that he loved. He saw people die from ravaged disease. He knew weariness. he knew pain, he knew suffering. So instead of saying one thing, us to be like him, today I'm going to tell you that he knows us. What does it mean that God becomes like us? He knows injustice. He knows what that's all about. He was betrayed by a friend that he invested three years into his life. Remember Judas? Have you ever been accused of something that you know you didn't do? Jesus knows what it's like. Yet he did not sin how he handled it. Ever had to pay the price for someone else's failures? Jesus wore a crown for us of thorns and hung on a cross for that because he had to go through so much pain. He fully identifies with who we are. But we spend all of our time, which is good to be like him. This is, that's good. That's what I preach most of the time. But I just want to comfort you today because in five days it might be a little different for you. And I want you to remember this sermon. What does it mean that God became like us? When God promises to wipe away our tears, it isn't without understanding the hurts that caused them because he lived that way. And when God promises to come and bring us peace and joy, it isn't a vacuum, a one-way kind of situation. It goes both ways. When Jesus tells us to forgive, he does so because he knows about forgiveness because he paid for that. What does it mean that God became like us? When Jesus was talking about everlasting life, he knew, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He lived since the beginning of time. So as you sit here today with emotions and sadness of this Christmas, it is not an emotion that Jesus himself did not have. I want you to be able to relate with who he is. There's nothing that you're going through. And I went through a lot of emotions writing this sermon that he has not gone through. He had to come as a baby to be able to feel every emotion that you feel. You are not alone. He's not saying, I know how you feel. He knows how you feel because he felt it. He was in the flesh. He felt a lot of things in his 33 years walking around. If you read Matthew, John, Mark, Luke, John, they paint their portraits of kind of all of his emotional colors. They said he felt compassion. He was angry. He was troubled, greatly distressed, sorrowful, deeply depressed. Not as we see it, but deeply moved, grieved, he sighed, he wept, he sobbed, he groaned, he was in agony, he was surprised, he was amazed, he rejoiced, he was full of joy, and he was loved. Paul tells us in Corinthians that Christians gaze upon the glory of the Lord with unveiled faces, are being transformed into the likeness with ever increasing glory. Paul illustrated this in a transformation in his own life, and I love it when Paul says this in Philippians. he says, "I long for you with the compassion that Christ has don't you love that? I can feel for you because even though I haven't walked through what you 've been through, I know that my Lord has, and I feel that because of who he is john eleven thirty five it's the whole thing of John eleven. It says right after Mary told Jesus that Lazarus had died. You've heard this, you know it, you can teach it to to me. And it says that Jesus wept. It's so easy to skim over that verse because it's the shortest verse. In fact, I think when I was in the little Pentecostal church in Pinehurst, we had to memorize a scripture and we got to pick our own. And I said, oh, I know which one I'm going to pick. You're laughing because you picked that same one too. Jesus wept. Two words. There's so much power and so much insight of who our Jesus is. Even though Jesus knew the result of Lazarus and that he was going to raise him from the dead. He knew all of that was going to go down. He still wept. And I love to ask questions like, God, you knew you were going to rise. You knew he was going to rise again like why did you cry? And not just cry, why did you like weep? That's different than cry. Weep. In a moment like that, the Lord reminds me that of his humanity, he's fully human and fully God. And if Jesus never had these emotions and he never experienced what grief would be, how could he relate to us when we're in the middle of grief? So if you're here today choking back tears that Christmas won't be like any of the other Christmases, welcome. Welcome. Jesus had to be born the baby. It's not only this amazing redemptive Savior, but he's someone who can step down and Get into our situations, into our emotions. And when you're praying and reaching out to him, you can almost hear, if you're listening, you will hear, I know. Yeah, but you don't know that my heart is, I know. Yeah, but you don't know what it's like to cry and cry. Yeah. Yeah, I know. There's nothing you can throw at him of emotion that you would feel that he has not felt or done. He said, uh, I've been there, I've experienced grief, I've watched my friend die, I wept day. He meets us where we are. Isn't that just like our king? That he's not a God that just wants to be worshipped up there in, in heavenland, But he just feels... Every emotion that we have, many of you had losses, huge losses. Or we have a nurse in here that's seen tremendous amount of loss with COVID and different things. God knows what you feel. We're created in God's image. Jesus reveals this image perfectly, and that's a very emotional image. I want to tell you, hold on to what I'm telling you through these holidays. Hold on to what I'm saying. The first thing that stands out in Jesus' life is his love for us. He loved. If you read your word, he loved. He loved the rich young ruler, remember that, and Mark. He loved Lazarus. That was his best friend. I mean, he always... Came dropped off there before he went to Jerusalem, and it's about a mile and a half or so. He stopped by and saw his buds, Mary, Martha, and Mary, and his BFF Lazarus. He loved him. He especially loved John. He told his disciples that he loved them so much. He said he had prepared to lay down his life for them in John 15, 12, and 13. God is love, and Jesus' life confirms it. Out of Jesus' love, he, all these other emotions come out. He knew sorrow because, like I said, he wept for his friend. I want to tell you that our Lord had compassion. He has compassion for us. He knows about compassion. Does he cause all this? No. But he has compassion because he understands us. He created us. He was moved with pity when he saw sick people. He had compassion for people that were hungry. Read that in Mark. He had compassion for people with spiritual needs. That's in Matthew, I think, 9. He also knew that when people made him upset, he he was angry, but he never sinned. Never sinned. When the disciples tried to keep the little kids from him, he was uh, upset, Mark ten fourteen. Remember when he was trying to heal somebody on the Sabbath and the religious leaders were saying, no, you can't do that. He wasn't a happy camper that day. He understands when things happen to you that's not fair. When you're sitting and say, no one understands. Yeah, he understands. He experienced it. Walk through it. Things just hurt and not fair, but he never sinned. Remember, he threw the tables over? People could take that all out of context. I hardly ever use that one because people use that as an excuse to be angry. I'm using it to tell you that he understands that emotion. Another emotion is joy. He had lots of joy. He was glad about the opportunity to strengthen his faith with the disciples. John says he rejoiced and thanked God that he revealed his salvation, Luke 10, 21. Then the word was used was jumping for joy. I love reading about abundant joy. If you want to learn about joy, you just hang out in Philippians. He was sinless. Does that mean that he didn't experience any emotions at all? No, he didn't sin in the process. I've said that three times or four now. He endured temptations but without sin. So whatever you're doing here today at this Christmas service that you think all the other churches are saying, like, why did I come here? Like, why can't I be another church today? When they've got like the whole play and the whole thing going on. And everybody's happy and it's kumbaya. and Well, you're here. Because I tell it like it is. We notice that we're going to do something a little bit different. But God will do his part. But we've got to do our part. And it is possible to be extremely sad and thankful I am thankful today even though Don and I and my sister Vicky want to throw up <laughs> I'm just saying I'm, we're so thankful and you with losses it is possible to be thankful He wants to step into our pain. He wants to do life with us in the good and the bad and the ugly. He wants to to do life with us while we're thriving. And he wants to do life with us when we can't even breathe because he's been there. He wants to do life with us in the most painful moments and and, in the most joyful moments. I want to encourage you today that you don't serve a God that's distant. You don't serve a God that all week says, oh, it's my birthday. It's awesome. You serve a God that says, I hear you. I hurt with you. I have compassion with you. And I weep because I know how. And he'll celebrate as well. You serve a God that's with you. Meets you in the depth of your humanity and in the depth of your emotions. It's such a beautiful thing. He is with us. Jimmy recited Psalms twenty-three, his favorite last week, and he says, "Even though we go through the shadow, the valley of the shadow of death, He is with us." It does not say he takes a break now and then. He is always with us in the happiest times and not so happy times. I want to encourage you that no matter what your situation is, you'll find either the living your best life. Some of you are living your best life right now. New grandkids, new things happening. Awesome. That's awesome. I have grandkids, and I know we're going to be with them Tuesday. I know that. But sometimes... It's not always you're on this high cloud of whatever it is. Or if you're like, I just don't know how I'm going to face tomorrow. He's with you. But he's with you every single season, not just Christmas. Every moment, every emotion that you have. He isn't just with you. Like I said, he lived it. Jesus, I thank you. Dad gum. I thank you. We still thank you. You're still so good. You're with us in our pain and you're with us with our joy. So this Christmas I challenge you to not wallow around in it hard to say as i've been wallering around in it i challenge you to do something i challenge you to move and do something different go for a walk in the freezing weather pull out a, a old cookie mix and try that out <laughs> those of you that know i don't cook do something do something. Don't just sit around and say, poor me all the time. You've got to do something. God is with you. But you have to do your part. Isaiah 43:2, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame will not consume you. James 1:2, 2, can it joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds? 2 Corinthians, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. James 5.13, if anyone is suffering, let him pray. Do you know what the next part of that is? If anyone is among you suffering, let him pray. But keep reading, James 5.13. Oh, you have it up? Thank you. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. We got to do our part, folks. We got to do something. I mean, dad gum something. Go ahead. I mean, do something. Get dressed. Get off your sofa. We have two choices. We can end and go get on the ferry, or we can worship. I agree. Let's worship.
3: All right, y'all ready to get fired up. Hey, we know that the little drummer boy was a fictional character and not found in the Bible, although a good message. We do know that in Psalms one fifty three through 6, is in the Holy Bible, and it says, Praise the Lord with the trumpet sound. Praise Him with the flute and the harp. Praise Him with the tambourine and dance. Praise Him with the flute, strings, and instruments. Praise Him with the sounding cymbals. Praise Him with the loud, crashing cymbals. Let everything that has a breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So to honor Him, pa up pa, pa.
4: Did you know that your baby boy would someday walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you knew that the child that you Your baby boy will come a storm with his hand.
2: Say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas. Be thankful. Be thankful. I love you.